This is part three of a three-part podcast. Hi, my name's Ryan. I've been a supporter of Paul's for many years now. I wish to get the podcast and video creation part of the system we call Paul back up to full speed. And I think Patreon support is a big part of that system. Go over to patreon.com slash Paul Wheaton. Make a pledge for each artifact that Paul creates. Again, the site is patreon.com slash Paul Wheaton. You can also find the link in the podcast notes. Enjoy the podcast. All right, it's counting. It's, it's on. It's working. All right. Uh, we're continuing with Woof stuff, and um, due to reasons, this podcast might be a little shorter than yesterday's. Uh, first, the next note I got is the Bullock Brothers, and um, only one other person at this table has been to the Bullock Brothers before. So, um, Josiah, can we start with what What do you know of the Bullock Brothers? What What's your experience with them? Um... Oh man, so I've been there, uh, I think four times over the last six years, uh, and I heard the story was that they, um, they started squatting on the land and, uh, and then eventually made friends with the landowner and bought this weirdly shaped southern facing hillside from him, uh, and then have pursued their horticultural fantasies for a long time now, uh, like 35 years or something like that. But uh, one, of, one of the statistics that they told me was 2,500 species per acre, um, which is just crazy. Uh, and I don't know, it's like a number that I can't really believe until I'm standing there looking at it and like every little every little weed is different, you know? <laughs> it's like... Um, okay, now that was a bunch of information I did not know. I, I do think that their the size of their property started off as seven acres, the the, the part, property that they bought, and and it's like and I do know that they're plant geeks, but then they they learned that there used to be a swamp on a majority of the property, and they brought back the swamp. That was like right. they put a bunch of work to bring back the swamp. So then the swamp I think took up four of the seven acres, and they're left with three. Um, yeah, sure, maybe. I, th- <laughs> I mean, they definitely brought the swamp back, and it's pretty big, but I would say it's more than three acres of land. They've got, you know, they've got at least three acres of land at the bottom of the hill, sort of around the swamp. And then there's another at least couple acres going up the up the hillside. Um, but one of the things that I have been really impressed with is just how much of a forest it is. You know, they. This is one of the reasons that I think they're so they're so attractive is um, to to woofers and and other workers and to people who want to learn how to how to do permaculture is that they. They have the space where you can go and live the permaculture orchard dream life, you know. Um, one of the folks who I was talking to who was working there last year is like, oh, yeah, for the last hundred days, I've eaten, like, five fresh figs a day, you know. It's, <laughs> my teeth are starting to fall out because I'm just eating so much fresh fruit all the time. It's like, you know, it's... it's um, and I think that that's, that's really cool to have an example of that because sometimes you're wondering, like, what would it be like if 90% of my food came from perennials? And, like, you can go somewhere like the Bullocks. There's not very many examples, but you can go somewhere like the Bullocks and and, um, and be able to experience what it would be like if you had a whole bunch of mature.
mature and diverse fruit um, ripening throughout the year. So the last time I was there, we recorded a podcast about being there because after we left, uh, we had to go get onto the ferry um, to get back to the mainland, and um, somehow we timed it wrong, and we were there for three hours waiting for the ferry or something like that, which it seems to be like if you're traveling to and from, trying to second guess what the ferry is going to do um, is a big part of your life. Uh, so anyway, we, we ended up sitting in the parking lot for three hours, and that's when we recorded the podcast. But that was the last time I'd ever been out there. <clears throat> And at that time, I would guess that the um, the people that were there, the skill builders, which is kind of woof-esque, but I think that, and we, we'll talk about that in a moment, but they're, I, I'm going to guess that they were getting 40% of their food needs met off of the land. And so now more, you've, I think all of your trips there have been more recent than my last trip there. And, um, which I'm thinking was probably seven or eight years ago. So are you thinking that now they might be getting 90% of their food needs met off the land? Uh, it probably depends on the person and what they're willing to eat and what they are interested in putting their time into. I mean, there's a lot, they have a lot of things there where it's like, oh yeah, that's an edible plant. But, if you you know if you want to have dinner it's it's like how much time do you want to spend going and foraging for your for your dinner and then putting this time into processing it and cooking it and it you know it might not be as tasty as an onion um, which you could just you know get out of the pantry or something like that um, but I, I I imagine that some people success, do successfully at least during the summer get upwards of 80 90 percent of their diet from that land if if they wanted to I'm sure they could. Right. I yeah. think I think that's a strong win if if you can get 90% of your own food. And I kind of feel like, oh, no, I think it's fair, you know, salt and pepper and mm-hmm. and a few spices and a little of this and a little of that. And some people drink coffee. And it's like right. there's cer- certain things that are going to be like, yeah, we're not growing that here. And it's like, okay, so I think, I think shooting for 100% is... Um, uh, too challenging. I think shooting for 90% is always that. That's that's a, a respectable challenge uh, in itself. Um, so basically, I think what you're saying is is like you know they're they're doing great in that respect. The next thing is is that very beautiful spot. Gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous. I mean, it feels like you're in Hawaii. And you're in Western Washington. Um, there's, I mean, they have this diverse, crazy diversity of palm trees, and um, just the way that they've sort of used perennials to frame spaces. You know, they'll have all these little sun traps um, that are protected by larger trees, and then, you know, you get down to where the, it's it's bare rock with all these crazy little, uh, you know, succulents coming out of the rocks, and and uh, and there, if you ever go there, they have this really beautiful sun trap that's in, enclosed by um, stone pines, Italian stone pines, and it's where their, all their beehives are, mm-hmm. and it's it's this south-facing rock, and the beehives are just staggered all the way up it, and it's just surrounded by um, all these beautiful flowers and low-growing succulent flowering plants, and then you have this great view out over the fan palms into the swamp, and it's just... It's, it's so beautiful. So, um, all right. 
I, I guess so, and then the other thing is, is like I'm saying there's three acres of usable space and then you're saying like oh but 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 and it's like well I get the impression that the next door neighbor who had like an additional 11 acres was like no no you can totally use this and so they kind of expanded into that and that was all like seven or eight years ago so maybe you know it's expanded 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 and stuff like that um but the next thing is, as it applies, okay, so let's let's talk about the word skill builders. Um, I'm sure everybody at this table knows why they're using the word skill builders and not woofer, right? I mean, how do you you know? Well, because you're not using the whooping site. Okay, that's part of it. What is, and I mean, I'm thinking that the number one reason is is that um, if you use a word like woofer or intern or apprentice then well the government knows all about those words and now they know how to get their hands up your skirts and tell you how you're now going to live the rest of your life whereas if you use skill builder it's like well that's not on our list of you know stuff where we fuck with you so we're not sure what to do and we've got other things to do so we're going to let it go and maybe there'll be um, other people later that'll come and fuck with you and we're not going to worry about it that that is my impression of why they use it and it's also the reason why we go with gapper and um, boot you know and it's kind of like um, uh, we want to like look, look, what we're doing is not part of your thing. And I think another thing is, if we said what we have here is woofers, then we're gonna have a little bit like what Jennifer experienced, and that's gonna be like suddenly you have some people show up, and they're like, we've decided that we are woof lawyers, and and we're going to tell you how you're going to do it now. And it's kind of like, uh, so we want to do something that's different from that package. Their site is beautiful. Um, they have great diversity in plants because they are plant geeks to the max. And um, they've been there, I think, I'm not sure, but it's like I think they're pushing 40 years. And so, um, and they've been loving the permaculture for damn near 40 years, and that and it shows there. And so a side effect is... And I think also there's been so many people that have gone there and they were there for, you have to, I think you have to sign up for three months. And then it's like at the end of the three months, their position is, no, I don't want to go. No, you can't make me. I was there forever. And so there's been a fair bit of that. And, and then there's going to be people who go out and, and they run into others and it's like, yeah, I'm thinking about woofing. And it's like, oh man, I spent a summer at the Bullock Brothers. It was the best. And so what has happened now is I believe they have like 200 people each year that apply. And, and now I'm going to take some rough numbers that are guesses. And I probably could have prepared for this better by actually going to their website and looking it up. <laughs> but this is this is my current understanding, and that is that I think that the application fee just to apply is like a hundred bucks. It used to be three hundred, but they changed the way they do a bunch of things. But the application fee to just apply to be able to be there for the summer, and I think they take eight people each year. I'm not sure about that number either. It seems like it's eight. Um, 
it's a good round number. Yeah, there you go. Um, and if you put it on the side, it makes a bigger number. <laughs> Very true. Yeah. So um, uh, then the. Uh, uh, then the thing is, is that I understand now you have to you have to pay. Oh no, I've got down here three hundred dollars to apply, and two hundred and fifty dollars per month. And so I heard, like I heard one hundred and fifty, but I I also don't really know. What did have to pay? One fifty for what? To apply? One one fifty per month. Oh, yeah. per month. Yeah. Okay. But I yeah I, I also I really don't know. Oh okay <laughs> all right. So but the thing is, in order to be there. You're having to uh, agree to pay a certain amount of money per month, whether it's 150 or 250, and then the application fee might be $100 or $300, and there'll be 200 people that apply, and eight people will be selected, and and it's like uh, so it'll be kind of like okay, what did you put on your thing? Like, what's the one skill you're bringing, and that's going to be the thing that they're going to look at. Like, well, this year we want to work on so and so, and so then we want to bring in that one person. Um, and, uh, and I think that everybody who's uh, a host or, or contemplating being a Wolf host is probably thinking to themselves, like, yeah, I want a waiting list of 200 people to my place. Right. And, um, and, I, and I want I want to get $300 per person just to apply and have to read their thing. Yeah, I like that. Um <clears throat> And so, uh, uh, but I think, you, you know, in order to get there, you got to have your, uh, something of a bit of paradise built. Um, well, and in some ways, you know, like, they are expert propagators, expert yeah. horticulturalists. I've seen some crazy bridge grafts there that I was like, man, how did he do that? Um, and they're propagating, you know, hundreds of species in all, you know, from all over the world. Um, sometimes uh, the only way you can get a hold of one of those plants in, in America is through them. Um, and so you, you're learning that as a skill builder. In, in a lot of ways... I would say that that's almost worth paying for just in and of itself. You know, despite the beauty and the amazing permaculture orchard lifestyle, um, they're just expert propagators. And if that's your thing, that's a good place to learn it. So um, I think I think for a lot of people, it's going to be the ultimate paradise. Um, I know that uh, uh, you better be pro- well. I'm trying to think of like how to express this, but but okay, naked people. There's naked people there. There's nudity. There's, but that's a running naked in the woods, free life as a hippie kind of a thing. And so I know that there's some people that are worried about that kind of thing. And I know that I've got, I mean, I could probably record a whole podcast on just people running naked in the woods. And it's like I'm I'm kind of like for it, but not for me. Uh, all right, let's moving along. The 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 thing is is that. There is a beauty there. There is a coolness with plants there. Um, there are permaculture systems there. It is it is a permaculture school of thought on what they're doing, and it is cool. Um, I I like to think that that when we get to be 35 years along, that we'll be cooler. <laughs> <laughs> But as is right now, I think that um, we've got stuff that they don't have. They've got stuff we don't have. Um, but I don't. I I think that we're 
I mean, if we're going to talk about, like, there's a general scale of cool, I think we're maybe a third of the way to what to being as cool. I'm just guessing. Am I... <laughs> And, and I might be biased here. Maybe 30%. <laughs> sure. We're 30% as cool. And and it's like, well, we've got a lot of stuff here that we haven't even shared in the podcast yet. Um, yeah. But I, I kind of feel like we've got, we've got some cool going on oh, here. Yeah. yeah. But we're not to their level of cool right. yet. And, and we've got a, we've got a lot of work to do still. And, um, yeah. All right. But anyway, I do think that, like, they have this, this waiting list. They charge people to, to just apply, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's what, it's what every web host wants. And it's kind of like, well, what have they got? that the other wolf hosts or that we don't have. So, um, and I think, I think it's going to be the plant diversity, the different kinds of, um, the, the, the variety of plants. And then there is a, there is a beauty and there is a coolness. Just, just cool. It's just cool to be there. It's right. cool. It's a cool place. And the location too. I mean, you're on an island in an inland sea. Pretty, I mean, Oprah has a house on Orcas Island. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would want to go out there just for that. Just, I mean, it's a big island. <laughs> I, I know that that it's like uh, you get off the ferry, and I remember one time staying at the Dobe Resort. Yeah. Um, and it took 45 minutes to drive there. Right. You know, so it's like it's a it's a big island. You must have been driving really slow. It's only twenty. It's only 22 miles. From the ferry to Dobe. Oh, yeah? Um, well, let's put that aside. <laughs> it is a pretty windy road. It's pretty narrow. It, t- it took 45 minutes to get there. It took um, me 45 minutes to bicycle it. <laughs> oh, what? No, it didn't. <laughs> and I don't think I'm a slow driver. All right. Um, uh, I, all I'm trying to say is it's a really big island, so if you think you're going to go there and, and just by being there you'd be rubbing elbows with Oprah, I think that uh, that's pretty unlikely. It's a big island. It does have beautiful beaches. Like, you know, that's something that they definitely have that we don't have here. It's just, like, gorgeous beaches. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we don't have any beaches. Unless you count Arrakis. But that's not a beach. That's just a... <laughs> that's dunes. <laughs> that's a lot of sand. It is. And granted, it's kind of like beach sand. <laughs> yeah, it is, in fact. We've moved a lot of it recently. Yeah. All right. I, I think that the, 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 the mission is, is like someday, you know, we'll grow up to be as um, popular as if we, if, if we work hard and we eat all our peas, then someday kind of a thing. All right. All right. We're working on it. We're working on it. But I think it's a, when you were talking about Wolf, it's, it's, they've definitely got several, several things to mention in there. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, next one I've got on my list is uh, the differences between the Gapper program and the boot program. So the Gapper program is what we did here um, six years ago. And uh, the boot program, uh, I think we started this three years ago, something like that. And um, uh, basically, when when we finished with the 20-month party, and then it's kind of like the whole Gapper program was pretty pretty strongly a fail. Um, 
the amount of money we put into it was insane and it's like it would have been about a third of the cost to just hire out to have things done and it and i think that's and that's a that's a thing to think about too is it's like okay you want to be the bullock brothers to get the bullock brother property like if you're going to move on to raw land and then get the coolness that they have um it might be a I don't know, we'll say a million dollars to have all the cool things, all the plants, all the 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 beauty that they have, um, uh, uh, the artwork, the the cool classroom, the outdoor classroom that they have, um, you know, yeah, I mean, probably more. All, all the things, maybe more than a million. Yeah. So, and it's like, all right, so you're going to shell out a million dollars, you got a plan, and then you hire the people, and then in four months, it's well on its way. You you know you might have to have a crew come back for another month the next year and boom there you go instant Bullock Brothers. Wait wait 35 years. <laughs> well I don't know it, it it could be in pretty good shape and then it would might take four years to mature to the point that it has the Bullock Brothers or something like that. Sure. Um and uh, but instead they didn't they probably didn't have a million dollars when they got started and so then they took a much slower, longer road. And um, but I kind of feel like the way that we were doing the Gapper program in the beginning, it's it's like um, the amount of the it was it was far far too expensive. Um, and so uh, we sat. I, I we sat down with Fred and talked to and Fred had some really compelling ideas about how to how to you know make a better program that is going to still probably uh, cost more but it'll be like um, about a third of the cost and and so it's like that was so we're, we went with it and I think it's been good I think it's and we've had to evolve it a little bit but I think for the most part we're on a very good path. Um, all right, so I've got some notes about the differences. Um, note that the boot camp is still quite experimental. I think, um, and so Jennifer, you've been helping me a lot with the Permaculture Thorns book. Right. So a lot of the philosophies are in that book. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think everybody who supported the Kickstarter $100 or more got a copy of the book, uh, as is. It's in an alpha state, but there's a lot there. Right. There's a lot there. It is in rough shape in terms of, you know, its bookness. But there are a lot of really interesting and compelling ideas in it. And I think I think as a book goes, it's like um, I think that the the information that's there is is it's like a good enough book. Like somebody somebody might take what's there and put it on Amazon right now. As is. And be like, there's a book. You can buy it. And we're looking at it, we're thinking like, no, we want to polish it some more before doing something like that. I I mean, there might be somebody who would do that, sure. Um, yeah. It wouldn't be me, for sure. But, um, I mean, it... It came from a lot of your blog posts and posts over on Permies over time, and so like it could definitely use more massaging in order to be a coherent whole of a book. But the information, like I said, is is pretty solid, and there's a lot of it. Yeah, I think I think it it tells a good story about 
community stuff and about where we're going with the experiments that we're doing here. But all right, so the the boot camp itself is still quite experimental, but I think I, I think we're 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 on a really great path. Um, one of the things is we cut way back on food expenses um, and cleaning expenses, and so the the boots rather we used to have a cook, um, and we provided first class food. I mean, it was like eating at uh, the best restaurant in town every meal of the day. Um, I remember Ernie, after eating here for a couple of weeks, said, "I got to go into Missoula and get a milkshake at like some fast food joint. <laughs> I just need to balance it." Uh, I've been eating good food for two weeks. I need to go get some junk food. <laughs> and so, <laughs> okay. So, um, I, I, and I kind of understood that a little bit. <clears throat> but, uh, we cut way back. We, we had a cook who cooked all the food. So now the boots cook for themselves and the food that we provide is staples. Um, and if somebody wants to, and I think that a person could totally be fine off of the staples that we provide. Like that's all the food that they would need for months and months and months. Yeah. Um, especially if you're a vegan, you'll be fine or, a, or a vegetarian. Yeah. Um, but we do not, and in fact, I'm not even going to say we don't provide meat because on Taco Tuesdays, we oftentimes do. I think I've seen hamburger cooking and I, yeah. I think Jocelyn provides it a lot of the time. Often Jocelyn will, um, very kindly provide some meat for the meat eaters on Taco Tuesday. I mean, there's also, we've been using some of the sheep that we slaughtered a month or so ago. Um, not from here at Wheaton Labs, but from the, it doesn't matter. Uh, but yeah, like, I think I could easily live here for the rest of my life on the staples provided, and I am a meat eater, so it's not a problem. Yeah, and I, I mean, what we encourage people to do is, like, if they need more, if they need meat or they want to eat, they want to, if they need more uh, Pop-Tarts in their life or whatever it is is their thing, then it's like we try to provide income-earning opportunities. And then there's the BRK, right. um, and uh, uh, Dave was here for a while, and he cashed in on that. Right. And so it was like, I think when he cashed in, like, a month ago, it was $1,600 and, like, five care packages. Right. And so all these boxes kept arriving full of yeah. goodies and one of them had like what five different knit things in it oh, or something and Inga very kindly sent some beautiful yarn to me as well as Dave so Inga if you're listening thank you for that very much <laughs> <laughs> so and that's from Europe she sent that from Europe and so um, uh, anyway the, the the thing is is that suddenly $1,600 that's a lot of coin to buy if you want meaty bits that's it right. I think Dave probably bought 40 pounds of dark chocolate. And meaty um, bits, probably. And, oh, okay. All right. So we try to provide... All right. So then that was one of the places where we dramatically cut our expenses was food. And um, uh, the next thing is, is that we have a passionate policy about elbow to elbow. And and now I kind of feel like... So, Jennifer, when you were talking about your hosting experience, then you were talking about... Um, how it was difficult to do elbow to elbow because there was so much to do. Yeah. And um, but I kind of feel like one of the lessons that we learned from the Gapper program, the transition to the bootcamp program, is elbow to elbow for woofers is really critical. And Ron, I'm going to guess that that's your policy. Not even close. Really? Okay. <laughs> well, it is in a way, but um, I get people started on doing things, and uh, since I am very selective about the people I take, uh, as of uh, the last three years. 
uh, it's there's a lot of independent work and uh, they know it like there's some things that only I can do because it requires design it requires certain uh, skills and then I get people started and get doing things we're not like we're miles and miles apart but uh, we're not always working elbow to elbow uh, but they recognize that prior to coming they know that there's going to be a lot of independent projects but there'll also be group projects mm-hmm. so it's just a matter of the needs of the farm and yeah. that's it if the farm comes first the needs of the farm and that's uh, you know what they agree to yeah. well I think one of the things here with Fred who is fantastic as always um, is that we definitely all start out elbow to elbow mm-hmm. But over time, if someone shows aptitude for a particular task or, you know, general reliability or things of that nature, and once they've learned how to do a lot of things and Fred is confident that they're, you know, a safe and responsible person, like we often do do a bit more independent work. Mm -hmm. So I think... um, Fred's a good manager and can tell who will do well with what things, and that's what we do. Okay. So I kind of feel like um, one of the things that Fred has struggled with is that there's a bunch of things that Fred needs to do by himself. Oh, yeah. Whether it's like, I need to go and weld it. It's not like three or four of us can all weld simultaneously. Right. And, and it's like, or he needs to make some phone calls, or he needs to go into town and get a particular part, and it needs to be him because there's a lot to be said, and you can't send a runner yeah. for this one. Um, uh, so then that's been kind of his struggle this year, um, is that it's kind of like, he's trying to do elbow to elbow, which um, I, I, I think is, is is really the way to do it. I, I'm with the Gapper program. We um, it was a lot like kind of like what, what Ron's talking about, but I think even more so. And that is that it's like um, here's your task for the next two hours, and I'll come back and check on you in two hours. That's and then I tried and it failed utterly. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like, and I kind of feel like elbow elbow to elbow needs to be provided, and it can be provided in a bunch of different ways. And and so, but but this year as we're getting as we were getting into October then it's kind of like um, now we've got Josiah and Ron to help out with leadership and so um, Fred can get uh, a half day here and there to be able to knock out all the things that he has to do independently and um, and I'm kind of thinking like wow next year maybe we can have two boot camps and really improve our overall forward velocity I mean, we know that we have the projects. I mean, wouldn't it be great if we could get to the freezer with Fadi? Wouldn't it be great if we could finish Cooper Cabin? Um, and, of course, you know, I'm kind of assuming that Allerton Abbey is going to be magnificent by the time spring rolls around. And so because that's, you know, one of our... Well, all right, I'm getting off on a tangent there. <laughs> all right, I think elbow to elbow is important. And it may be not for everybody, but I think that, you know, that that's a critical piece. And then, and then it's like even the people who have experience to be independent, I imagine that all of those people would enjoy elbow to elbow. Oh, yeah. uh, to some degree, like once in a while. Right. And so, and maybe they're going to be the leader elbow, you know, and I think, and I think another thing is, is that, um, one of the, one of the big things that we need is, is more people that have been here long term. Mm-hmm. And then it's like now, you know, providing more, not necessarily a leadership role, but a guiding, guiding role yeah. kind of a thing. All right. 
I think elbow to elbow is critical. Elbow to elbow is one of the key components that we've added to the boot camp program. Mm -hmm. And and so uh, the the next thing is is that we clearly defined the labors. So project labor, nest labor, personal labor, and soul labor. And and it comes back to how during the 20 month party, um, most of the people like we were seeing an average of about four hours a week of actual work getting done. And um, people were doing their laundry or maybe even cooking or which we had to cook. So it's kind of like that didn't make sense. But I, we had we had a couple of different people that are like, I, I need to go and help the cook for the day because we're going to cook something special. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like. Yeah, but that's not accomplishing projects. And it's like, oh, no, this is a project. I've decided, I've labeled it a project. It's therefore a project. And it's like, no, no, uh, the, the time, this, this time of day, 10 o'clock in the morning is for working on, on projects, like building a thing for the future and for, you know, and it's like, oh, I'm going to build food for the future. <laughs> and so it's like, uh, um, all right, so we came up with, we clearly defined project, and I kind of feel like, wow, uh, our forward velocity has been strongly improved. But at the same time, I think that in the past with the Gapper program, there was a lot of emphasis on, you know, hup, 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 work hard, work hard, work hard. And I kind of feel like now the boot camp is like not that way at all. And, and it's like you work at your own pace. I mean, you don't have to like kill yourself doing this. I mean, how do you guys feel about the pace? Is the pace a good pace? Yeah, the pace is a really good pace. I mean, you pretty much set your own. If you're feeling good that day and you're good at what's going on, you can go as fast as you want. If it's something you have never done before or don't know how to do or you're just having an off day, like, nobody's cracking the whip behind you. As long as you're being, like, a reasonable, decent human being, it's it's good. Yeah. Right. If you sat down and just, you know, started watching everybody and drinking lemonade. Right. Like, if you were just sitting there on your phone for 20 minutes or something, like, that would not be cool. But (laughs) as long as you're participating... um, to, you know, pretty close to the best of your current ability. You're in good shape. All right. All right. So, um... Uh, all right. I, I think, I mean, maybe I should talk about the, the labors some more. I mean, I, I've got a document about it on permies. I think that uh, if we're going to do the labors, maybe I should do a different podcast about right. that. Um, all right. Any any other questions or comments about the difference between the Gapper program, for which none of you were here, <laughs> and the boot camp program now? Not really about that, but one of the things on my list to talk about, um, which I was reminded about by your difference in food costs, is that I went into the WOLF program thinking that it would be really cool to provide, you know, things that were quite a bit nicer than required for my woofers. So instead of a tent, I provided them with a house with, like, running water and electricity, which they proceeded to, you know, chainsaw a larger door for themselves in. But that is another story. And, I mean, we were talking about the Bullock Brothers and, like, growing your own food. I was growing and raising way more than enough food to feed all of us 100% of our diet if we were willing to eat 100% of our food from the land. Um, They didn't want to do that, which I thought was weird. So, I don't know. Like, I actually feel that trying to cater to them 
um, in those ways was perhaps detrimental. Like, it seemed to make them feel like they had the right to demand that I go to town and buy other food that they wanted and that I fix up their house for them, but they didn't want to participate in fixing up the house or pay for fixing up the house to be nicer. Like, there was a lot of that kind of thing going on. So I suspect that, like, you know, staples in a bunk is maybe a better place to come at it from. Yeah. So, um... The next note I got is that uh, there was a point in time a couple of years ago in the boot camp program, and I think this was when I went and created the different labors document, although I had something that I already kind of put together, but I kind of you know expanded on it a bit. Um, it was uh, time for dinner, and um, uh, I had suggested there's you know probably a few hundred pounds of potatoes out there ready to be harvested in the berms. Uh, next to the house, and uh, I could point at the plants, and you know, then and then you can go from there. And then uh, this person proceeded to tell me that no, they would they would not do that. That they would only use food that's already in here, and that if we wanted the if if I wanted her to eat potatoes from the garden, that either I'll go get them instead of. Uh, because her her strategy was, and this is what she said, she said, look, if I don't go get it out of the garden, you have to go to the store and buy potatoes. Or go pick them out of the garden yourself. Or you can command me to do it during project time. And so that's when we kind of came up with the whole thing of like um, uh, nest labor and personal labor. And it's kind of like nest labor includes harvesting food to feed yourself right. and um, from, from the gardens as, as opposed to – and project labor is like we've got the big list of all the projects. Project labor is for the projects that are at the top of the list, the highest priorities. Soul labor is um, you do it on your own time. And um, you can do it anything from the list, or maybe other projects, uh, maybe maybe pep stuff. Um, and uh, personal labor is like doing your laundry, um, you know, uh, uh, paying your bills if you have bills, um, things like that. Uh, um, and then um, uh, nest labor is going to be like, you know, for the for the betterment of our our collective nest, like you know, uh, uh, cleaning the floor, taking out the compost, taking out the recycling, things of that nature. Ron, did you want to add something? Time. No time. Oh, right. Um, <clears throat> anybody else have anything they want to add to this one? No. no. Okay. If you like this sort of thing, come on out to the forums at permies.com where we talk about woofing, homesteading, and permaculture all the time. Don't forget, go out to patreon.com slash paulwheaton and make a pledge for future artifacts.